everyone. Welcome to Idol Book Club, brought to you by K-Pop Bookshelf Podcast. I'm the host of this podcast, Mina, and today I'm joined by my younger cousin and concert buddy, Tini. Hi. Today's book club pick is the book, I Want to Die, But I Want to Eat Dogboki by Beck Sehi. As you may remember, the Idol Book Club series is where we read books that were either recommended by or read by idols. This book happens to have been read by Teeny's ultimate bias, who is... Kim Namjoon, the leader of BTS. He was filmed reading this book on their show Bon Voyage. So Teeny, how would you describe this book, I Want to Die But I Want to Eat Tteokbokki? Well, the book is about a girl in her 20s and about her mental health. She has a condition called dysthymia, which is a form of depression, and it's somewhat mild, but it's longer lasting than normal depression. It's also known as persistent depressive disorder. For this book, the author Bek Sehi transcribed recordings of her therapy sessions with her psychiatrist and shared her treatment journey with the readers. I think it's pretty well documented by now that culturally, some parts of South Korean society don't really emphasize attention to treatment or just aspects of mental health. And in my bookshelf episodes where I discuss the book Kim Ji Young, Born 1982, I talk a little bit about some of the attitudes and fear around seeking or needing mental health services that some Korean people have. And this book is pretty extraordinary because it was a big best-selling book in Korea. Recently, a lot of K-pop idols have been more open with talking about their mental health. Yeah. And a lot have taken temporary hiatuses um, on their activities to get treatment, which is a really good thing. Namjoon talks about how he often looks to nature to mentally escape from his pressure of living a celebrity life. I think nowadays people in Korea seem to be showing signs of maybe some more acceptance when it comes to mental health issues and just admitting that there may be issues. And you know, mental health is just health, so it should be treated with the same attention as physical health. And to get back to the book, let's talk a little bit about the title, which again is called I Want to Die, But I Want to Eat Dokboki. Can you tell us what Dokboki is? Dokboki is basically a Korean dish which is made with rice cakes and spicy sauce it's really yummy i've i've heard of people describing it as sort of a korean soul food the title is also really interesting because even though she wants to die she wants to eat tteokbokki like i want to leave here but also tteokbokki is really good the korea society which is in new york has this interview on their youtube channel with the author And in that interview, she talks about the fact that the title comes from this actual moment she had in her life. She was experiencing probably like a really the lowest kind of deep depression you could have to the point where she was thinking some really super dark thoughts. But then she ate tteokbokki. And I think that in that moment, she was fulfilling this craving. So she was like, yeah, I still feel really bad. But dang, this tteokbokki is good. She was having these conflicting thoughts, and they were sort of coexisting. And when she thought about it, she realized that humans are complicated and sometimes have coexisting contradictory feelings. Speaking of having contradictory feelings, I feel like that's a little bit like her personality, at least from like what you get out of it from reading the book. She's like this very, very extreme person, wouldn't you say, Teeny? Yeah, she has a very all-or-nothing, black-and-white type of thinking. When she sees her psychiatrist, she tends to think that people either like her or hate her, and there's no in-between. It's either one or the other. 
she really does have a lot of anxiety just thinking about how others perceive her and what they think about her and whether she's good enough and she's like comparing herself to them. It really affects her, even though we said in the beginning that dysthymia is a more mild form of depression. She was really struggling. At one point in the book, she writes about how she thinks that people in her writer's club must hate her, that her boyfriend's friend must hate her or think that she's ugly. And there are other examples of her black and white thinking within the book. What was really interesting to me as someone who lives in the U.S. is that some of her concerns seemed a lot less intense compared to what I would expect of a really huge like best-selling hit book. Because in the U.S., we have so many books about mental health struggles and so many people have written books about their own struggles and experiences. But in the Korea Society talk, Beck Sehi said that she'd seen so many books in Korea that were about mental health, but written by mental health professionals. And she really wanted to write a book from the patient's perspective, which I guess is more unique in Korea. The reason she wanted to do that is because she thought it would be more real, like these mental illnesses would seem more real to people who may not know about them. At least that's what I thought when I heard her talking about it. Because she was forgetting what was said during these sessions with her psychiatrist, she asked to record them. And she began writing down her struggles and treatments in her blog, which got a lot of comments from people who said they could relate to her symptoms and they felt that they could relate to her. That blog is basically how this book even came to be. She crowdfunded and self-published this book before it became such a hit. And now the English version is basically marketed as being a book that even BTS's RM, aka Namjoon, loves. I do think it's really cool that she was brave enough to discuss her struggles publicly and that she was encouraged by the comments to self-publish this book. She said in the Korea Society talk that this is the first book of this kind, one that's written from the perspective of a patient with mental illness, to be such a big hit in Korea. I think it's cool how she called out the way society causes mental health issues. She talked about how she's obsessed with her looks and whether she was pretty enough, She says towards the end of the book that it's difficult to be held in society's standards of beauty. Yeah, she writes, quote, The social gaze is so insidious, and despite any escape being impossible, I want to escape it, end quote. I think many people could relate to that quote. By the way, shout out to our favorite book translator, Anton Herr, who translated this book as well as some of the other books that we have covered on the pod. Her psychiatrist really encourages her to journal her feelings as a way to cope with them. She sometimes reads her journal entries to the psychiatrist, and she also gets her medication prescribed from him. He upped her dosage for a medication that she's been taking, and it was working for her, but she thought that she was going crazy, and he realized that it might have been some of the side effects of her medication, but I thought it was weird that he didn't discuss those side effects with her prior to upping her dosage. Yeah, he basically admitted that in the book. He was like, you know, the medication was working for you, so I upped the dosage a little bit, and then she started experiencing other symptoms, and he's like, oh, you know what, that's actually a side effect. But he never told her that there were any possible side effects, and she was like, she was a little bit miffed. She's like, why don't you tell me that these were possible side effects from taking this medication? I was suffering and thinking like the medicine wasn't working anymore, that kind of thing. But her psychiatrist wasn't completely useless. I think he helped her to start to look inward instead of her always looking outside for validation from other people. He helped her to look towards herself. And I think that him constantly pointing out that people are nuanced and not everything is just 
black and white. It's not always just like someone hates you or they love you. And he pointed out to her that there is a middle ground. And that might be something that seems obvious to people who don't have her particular illness or, or doesn't manifest in the same way that hers does. But it was for her something that was really helpful to hear. Literally all of her problems in the book were like, isn't this weird? And he was like, no, that's pretty normal. And her being like, oh, is it? And that was the whole book. It was upsetting on both sides. Yeah, I, I definitely get that. Like, that's kind of like what I was alluding to when I was like, her problems don't seem like that big of a deal, which isn't even the point at all. Like, if you're suffering, you're suffering. Like, what's a big deal to some people might not may not be a big deal to others. But I think the real value of this book is like how we were saying before is that it's so relatable to people. For some people, these small daily nuisances and obsessions like with looks or finding a boyfriend or girlfriend or whoever, or does my friend really like me? Or does my mom like me? Is what accumulates and causes a lot of stress. Not everyone is having, you know, really big traumatic issues all the time or, you know, going through big life events like divorce or deaths or, or anything like that. Sometimes sometimes just these small events is enough to send people into sort of a depression. So maybe that's why this book was so popular in Korea. Another thing that I thought was kind of annoying was the psychiatrist kept telling her that she was overreacting with almost every single one of her problems. You know, at first that annoyed me too. But like I said, I think she just needed to hear someone say that, like, this is normal. I think he could have worded it differently. Like, I think he should have said it in a different way. But I think she was so caught up in her own self and just feeling super abnormal and constantly comparing herself to other people that she needed to have her own thoughts, feelings, and fears normalized. And that's the way that he decided to do it, you know, for better or for worse. Okay, so Teeny, would you recommend this book? Personally, not really. I think her message was good and what she was writing about was good. But the book itself wasn't very helpful, I'd say. Like, there wasn't much to get out of it. I also don't know if I would really recommend it, especially if you already read lots of books about mental health or self-help and or if you read, you know, books by authors who are speaking about their various life experiences. But maybe if you're looking for something a little less intense, then you could try reading this. The end of the book has some personal essays and her psychiatrist even wrote a brief essay. This episode is kind of a shorter episode because there wasn't really a plot to this book. So I think we should end on a quote from the psychiatrist. This is something that he said directly to the author, Bek Sehi, during one of her therapy sessions. Tini, why don't you read it? Quote, fear increases when it's something that you keep to yourself. Instead of suffering alone, it can be good to share it with someone else, like you're doing now. End quote. That concludes this episode of Idol Book Club, a spinoff podcast of K-pop Bookshelf. Special thanks to Teeny for being on the show. Special thanks to Ayo for designing the blog. Special thanks to M. Aruj for the podcast cover art. You can find me on Instagram at kpopbookshelfpod or email me at kpopbookshelfpod at gmail.com. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye.